Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name's Josh Watford, and across the table from me John is... John Nicholson. Glad to be back with you, folks. The infamous John Nicholson, and so uh, <laughs> thankful to have him as a pastor, but we like to pick on one another. Okay, so talking about picking on one another, here's, okay, here here's just some banter. Uh, I'm looking up an illustration for the Marion Academy devotional that I did earlier today, and was looking up uh, just optical illusions and stuff like that. Right. So it was one of those random websites, and a Reader's Digest ad popped up and said download your 10 short jokes right now (laughs) and so depending on where you put the emphasis there short jokes or short jokes uh, I took it when I first read it I read it as short jokes yeah I felt attacked (laughs) I'm like who knows what what website has my height and is sending me targeted ads watch this text stuff they're watching you yep (laughs) they are they are so I I thought maybe you had sent something in to them and uh, is getting big tech Boy, uh, I, to attack me. Only, if only I had thought of it. That's, that's good. And you may get some short stuff in the mail now. Yeah, we'll there see. we go. <laughs> I, I'll know who to turn to. But that's so fun. John, we, uh, we have started to close up the series on spiritual yep. discipline. So this will be the, the last podcast because you preached the last sermon on our spiritual disciplines in community series. Right. And so... Let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about evangelism. Why should we do that? Oh, wow. Well, because we're commanded to do it. Well, here's why I asked that question. Because that should should seem pretty obvious, right? right? should seem pretty obvious. But I know people who are Christians who think they should just keep their personal faith to themselves. Yeah. And then I know some people who aren't Christians who really think that it's wrong, it's morally evil to try to propagate your spiritual beliefs to other people. Yeah, forcing it on somebody else. Right. right. So it may not be quite as obvious as to why we should do that. I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in our church who think that it's more morally evil to share a faith. Right. But for many, for there may be some who say, well... It's just, it's better if I just keep it to myself. Yeah. And so, why not? Right. And, you know, and I, and I do. I think that I think you're right on uh, over the target with that because there are people who we we feel like we shouldn't share our faith because it might offend them. The gospel is offensive. That's yep. one of the things that we have to come to grips with early is that it declares that we are sinners. I don't like being told I'm a sinner, but when I look in the mirror, I realize I ain't what I ought to be. Right. And, you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I need to come to that understanding. And now, is there a solution for it? Well, the gospel is the only solution that solves that problem. The Mm -hmm. world's putting out a whole lot of ideas, uh, but none of them are working. The gospel is the only thing that addresses this this crushing issue within the human condition, and that is sin. And so this is part of it. You know, and, and one of the other reasons, not only are we commanded to, that's the easy part. That's the easy side of that answer. You know, I, I need to do it because I'm supposed to do it. Yes. But as I grow in love for my neighbor, as I grow to, to, to love those people around me, it's, it's, I want them to know the answers to this. I want them to have that, um, uh, to use the terminology we use around here, I want them to have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. I want them to know who he is, what he's done for them, and the difference that he makes. Because I care about them. I care about what's going on in their life as well. Yeah. 
And I, I think it's also, and, and it is a discipline. It's something that we've got to, just like with Bible reading or with prayer, it's, got, it's something that has got to be on our intentional radar. This is something that I am going to be engaged in right. today. Now, I think we also have created sometimes around this idea of evangelism that that means I've got to go out here and share the Roman road with four people or I've got to mm. hand out X number of four spiritual alls track and that's back in a long time ago. But You mean uh, I didn't have to memorize those six paragraphs in seminary yeah, to share my faith? Right. Well, that was equipping you to do it. Yeah. yeah. but No, it was very helpful. Right. But it, it we, we have generated, I think, this idea that if I, if I haven't done that, then I haven't shared my faith. No. We... we are sometimes preparing the ground, and, and this kind of leads us towards the other part of the discussion that we'll have in a moment, to prepare the ground for somebody to be receptive to the gospel. Are there times that we just need to cold turkey share the gospel with folks because the opportunity presents itself? Absolutely. And we've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for that. That's where something like share Jesus without fear, uh, that process, is incredibly helpful, yeah. incredibly useful because it's non-threatening. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I just want to have a conversation with you about where you are. And if you're open to that, let's continue on down the road and talk about who is Jesus and what has he done yeah. and what does that mean for you in your life. Uh, and it may lead to that. And so we, But we got to be, one, prepared. That's yeah. part of the discipline. But then also be intentional to be doing that. But on this, this side of preparing the ground, having conversations so that I can see where someone is coming from, uh, so that I understand what's going on in their world and so that I can begin to speak with them and, t- and speak to them about who Jesus is in a way that they'll be heard. So I think something else has happened in our world and all this post-Christian or deconstructing our faith kind of environment that, that we're in. A lot of people, you and if you listen to the podcast, you may have heard people talking about uh, the generation none, how many of this younger generation has just rejected any form of yeah. religiosity the, of any sort. None as in N-O-N-E, right? right. <laughs> and, um, but it, it's interesting, you and I have had this conversation just out of some some experiences that we've had with particularly some collegiate age individuals that have come th- across our path over the last six to eight months that may be post-Christian, but it's not post-spiritual. That's right. There are There is a great hunger for, for spiritual understanding. We have spiritual, not only understand, but truth yeah. that we need to share with them. And we got to be ready to do that. And this is part of that discipline process. Uh, well, this is somewhat of a tangent, but I'm going to bring it back around. Uh, right now, in my generation and below, the occult has become massive. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely massive. This neo-paganism, uh, uh, not full-blown witchcraft, even though that's sometimes oh, that. I'm going to interrupt you and just yeah. give you a, a tangible way that you could watch this. I, I love going to bookstores. Barnes & Noble and me, we're good mm-hmm. friends. And over the years, I watched the New Age shelf go from a shelf section to an entire section. aisle. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, and it's got its own header out there, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's just this explosion of things that are being written about occultism. So right. Back to your point. Well, so uh, to go ahead and wrap that up, I was just saying that it's exploding in my generation and below right now because this rejection of Christianity has left this vacuum mm-hmm. and it has to be filled by something. Right. And so there are very, very few people who would say, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in spiritual things. 
the vast majority of people who reject Christianity or, or any quote unquote organized religion have to fill it with something. Yeah. They they still feel like they're spiritual beings and this idea of speaking with the dead and being able to be one with nature in a very real spiritual sense and, and all that kind of stuff is intriguing intriguing to them because they have to fill it with something. Right. And we can come and say the the God that you've rejected isn't the God of my Bible. Because a lot of them have very poor notions of who God is, oh, yeah. and that's the God they're rejecting. And so I, I've found that in my life, part of my evangelistic encounters has been saying, well, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, you are rejecting something that I reject as well. Right. And so we can reject that together, and we can talk about that, but I want to... The, the God that you worship in ignorance, I want to introduce to you. Yeah, that's just uh, Paul on Mars Hill. Right, right. And I think that's why something like Share Jesus Without Fear, that, that diagnostic question that's there, you know, to you, who is Jesus? Yeah. Let me let me hear from you, because most of us have got some opinion about who he is. And just to hear from them, where, 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 you, where you stand on Jesus, that opens that door to say, well, let me let's talk a little bit more about who he is. Yeah, and uh, and to get past some of these preconceived notions about that. And that first question of share Jesus without fear: Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Yeah. Uh, I have, and all the people I've asked, no one has said I don't have any. Right. Because we got some. It may be way off the wall and left field somewhere, sure. but they have some sort of spiritual beliefs. Right. Uh, again, there are very few people out there who say I have no spiritual beliefs whatsoever. Because well, you and I mentioned this earlier, God has put eternity into our yeah, hearts. That's right. And so we feel that longing. That's a C.S. Lewis yeah. uh, uh, observation that, you know, we have hunger, we have sexual desire, we have all these other things that have some sort of fulfillment. And throughout creation, throughout human that's history, right. there has been this God hunger, right. uh, this spiritual hunger. And there has to be something that exists to fulfill that. And I believe Jesus is the only answer to that. Absolutely. And, and just to open again this idea of, of the openness that's out there, an observation that I've made in the last year or so is that part of this is some pushback now that's occurring toward this occurring toward this idea of hyper-materialism, that you know, it's just uh, chemical reactions and matter over time and chance and all that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this now in literature and art. There is a resurgence of spiritual ideas, um, and and it's it's just been fascinating for me to watch some of the books that are being published. People that are watching and and tracking some of these things, uh, just the resurgence, and and it would go hand in hand with what you could call neo paganism and the occult. You know, is it, this return to we're looking for what's what's behind all this? There's yeah. something more to this than meets the eyes. More than just chance and atoms and chemicals what is it we know as believers and this is that imperative for us to be sharing the gospel yeah uh, because people are hungry for it so to summarize our answer to the question why evangelize would you say the harvest is plentiful Mm. but the workers are few yeah yeah and be careful because as you remember jesus says pray and then then he sends them out. That's right. right. And prayers yeah. are answered. Good. Yeah. Go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, we are the workers. That's it. So, so let us get to work. Uh, and so, John, that kind of segues into our next It really does. And topic. let me just say that because I, and I think this begins to, to help us get there. 
we sometimes think of evangelism or missions as something that we need to do off over elsewhere. I made this point Sunday that the statistics are are consistent that even in Perry County, as highly churched as we are, um, half of the people in Perry County are unchurched, yeah. have no connection to church. So we've got evangelistic work to be doing here. Add to that, and Marion's not unusual in this, but maybe a little bit, but just the international presence mm-hmm. that is here in Marion. And I'm not talking about just college kids that are coming through. Uh, we've got uh, a family from India that owns uh, a couple of businesses in town, uh, some folks from Yemen that own a business in town, um, I think another guy that is uh, Middle Eastern that owns another business in town. Uh, we got some folks from Mexico, uh, a guy from uh, a lady from China. Uh, I mean, it, we can just kind of start going down the list yep. of the world that has come to Marion, Alabama. That's right. What are we doing to reach them? What are we doing to share the gospel with them? And that, again, is not us dropping off the four spiritual laws track and saying, God bless you, be fed and be well fed and warm. It's how are we, as Charles Spurgeon says, how are we compelling our neighbor to love Christ? Yeah. How are we, what are we doing in their lives that that makes them want what we've got? And then for us to have that intentional moment to share with them, here's what I got and here's how you can have it. Yeah. So why is the season that we're in now one of the best seasons to do exactly what you're talking about? I think it's a beautiful season. For us, because one, for us as believers to walk into the Advent season, and again to reemphasize for our, for those of you who are listening, I think that I don't think I know that we as Baptists threw a lot of babies out with some bad bathwater, um, and one of them is is embracing this idea of how we craft, how we approach our year, and the church has traditionally for a long time, third century or so, I think, if I yeah. remember right. Um, has celebrated this season of Advent. It is the season that, that begins the church year. Um, and it's a time of waiting because it begins in darkness and it just so happens to match the season of darkness for mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be dark outside here in just about an hour, you know, from the time we're sitting down doing this. And it gets dark early and it stays dark a long time. And there are, you know, they've done all the studies and that sort of thing. People have physical response to that even, you know. But but it coincides with that that there is a spiritual darkness that we we hunger for the coming of light and so if our neighbors are walking in that spiritual darkness and you know with this reblooming of paganism and those kinds of things that are happening out there this spiritual hunger that's there well, what if we give them true light you know and this is a great question at a time of year i think that people are they're at least open to having some conversation because it's Christmas. It's Christmas, <laughs> you know, and um, you know. And this is also, you know, you get into the culture wars about you know, it is Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. Well, holidays are holy days, by the way, you know. So we, we can get all bent out of shape about that, but but I think it is important that we talk about Christmas because he is. That's the reason that folks get off on December the twenty fifth. Yeah. Not because Congress declared it, but because we as a culture have traditionally and, and really worldwide now. Um, that happens. That's an influence that's there. I remember, so just kind of on this topic, uh, when I worked at Shoe Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, welcome to Shoe Carnival. I can still do the whole <laughs> bit. Uh, but but anyways, when I was working there, we played Christmas music basically from Black Friday all the way until uh, Christmas Eve. And then we'd turn it off after Christmas Eve. But I remember having a conversation. I can't, honestly, I don't remember what... Um, 
what song it was, but I remember using a Christmas song that came on to start a conversation mm -hmm. with one of my co coworkers. Mm -hmm. So there are things all around us, yes. from decorations to music to presents and all that kind of stuff, that aid us as uh, evangelistic uh Tools. Tools, yeah. Tools. Uh, I, I was thinking like a precursor, like something to give us that uh, introduction Appetizers. to. Appetizers. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's good. Because, you know, when I was in youth group, uh, youth pastor would be like, hey, wear Christian shirts to make people ask you about your shirts, and there's an open door for a conversation. And good idea. I don't think that's a bad idea, but uh, these work the same way yeah there are just things all around us i mean going down the street in marion there are angels with horns yeah what are those angels like trumpets not not Trump oh, yeah. I, you Sorry. Said angels with horns. I picture angels with horns on their heads i'm thinking you're, you're right. what oh that was, got, well, who did that yeah that was that was terrible wording choice on, on my part yes a trumpet angels with trumpets so so what are they blowing their trumpet about yeah uh what why are we why do we have these stars hanging up absolutely uh what was the christmas tree all about whether or not that's a, a pagan idea we can that's another podcast for another day yeah, okay sorry <laughs> but but there are there are emblems alert, it probably is but we baptize it so yeah yeah there are there are emblems and symbols all around us yeah. that can aid in our evangelism and it's just a, a perfect time to be able to talk about those things uh, another point that i want to make about christmas time is that for many people it is a time of darkness yeah it's a time of sadness almost because of maybe lost loved ones uh and these holidays just remind them of a certain aspects yeah, of their life it sometimes right and so we can enter into their grief with them right and offer this hope that that only jesus can bring the comfort that only the holy spirit can bring right so yeah. that's those are just some ideas of why this is such a great time to to begin sharing our faith absolutely and and i think you know you couple that with there's a general sense of of generosity and care that comes in with this season and so it's a perfect time for us as believers let's do that let's go over and above let you know leave a gift for the garbage guy you know yeah um and you know perhaps that will open up a door or you know the the person that's uh serving you and you're you know 10 in line at the retail space that you're picking up and you know that you can tell they're harried and just you know and you have an opportunity to speak a word of hope to them you know or an attaboy hey thanks for what you're doing instead of being one of the people that's creating the problems for you yeah um just taking what are some ways that i can take advantage of the moment to present a little bit about who jesus is and perhaps to crack open the door for further conversation about that with somebody. Again, this goes back to the intentionality side. And uh, the, these marry real nicely for us right now because mm -hmm. if we're going to celebrate Advent and not get to Christmas and Christmas Eve, we turn off all the Christmas music because we're on the New Year's and whatever else is yeah. down the pipe. Yeah. But if we're going to celebrate Advent and we're going to wait and then and, and, and anticipate the coming and then celebrate the coming, mm -hmm. and I think by celebrating Christmas Tide. 12 days following Christmas up until Epiphany, I think that's a great opportunity because everybody else is dead tired. They're ready to get all the decorations. And they're going to say, why in the world are you still celebrate? Why are you singing Christmas carols the week after Christmas? Well, because we got something to celebrate. Yep. Let me tell you about it. Uh, I'm giving you a gift on January 3rd. Why am I giving you a gift on January 3rd? 
because God has given us a gift, and I want to share that joy with you yeah. in the aftermath of that gift. So I, I, I think there's some intentionality that helps us to do the evangelism side just by virtue of how we celebrate it. And uh, this goes back to the discussion that you and I were having, I believe it was yesterday, just us being weird people. Yep. Like Christmas is a weird holiday. We really believe that God became a human. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's mind-blowing, and it's scandalous and just wrong to so many people. And for us to truly celebrate Christmas and not just be entirely caught up in only the consumeristic ideas of, of Christmas, which, again, we need to buy presents. We, we need to hang the lights. Sure. We need to bake the candy. We need to do all the, the fun Christmas stuff. But... Everybody does those things. Yeah. Why do we do them differently? And Jesus would say, even the Gentiles do those things. There you, know? you go. Uh, and so what are some things that we can do as Christians that set us apart and emphasize and magnify the importance and the just scandal of Christmas? Yeah. And the difference of Christmas, I think. You know, yeah. As I was trying to help us get our heads around on uh, during the sermon on Sunday— is that we have so bought into this that it's this consumer side and that we're going to, you know, Christmas decorations come down the day after Christmas and, you know, we're on to whatever else because we're through with that. No, we should just be beginning that. And this this gets back to this idea of Christian year, of, of how do we look at this? Because from that point forward, after uh, after Christmas, after that day, we're, we're beginning already at that point in our year to turn towards Easter and the cross. Yeah, That's the next big event. We can't have Easter if he didn't come. This right. is why we're celebrating this, okay? And so to kind of keep that in view, that's a that's an odd juxtaposition sometimes for us to think about. But to the, to, the, to your question, what are some things we can do? I, I think by changing how we celebrate a little bit, let's put up, instead of putting everything up today, let's, let's kind of stretch this out. I mentioned... Uh, that Felix and Christina down at uh, the uh, Mexican place here in town, they've got their nativity out, but baby Jesus isn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Because he hasn't come yet. That's I good. didn't ask him about that, but I, I, I saw it and I recognized that. How do we do that? Can we do that? You know, One of the practices that we've implemented here at our church with the display of the nativity that we have in the sanctuary is the wise men travel yeah. from the back of the sanctuary to the front of the sanctuary over a six-week period, basically, until Epiphany uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, because that's traditionally when they arrive, that it's it's not all just this one thing, boom, psh, done. Yeah. You know? And by doing that, by stretching, it, it is weird. People are like, we're done. Why are, why are you still, why do you still have lights up? You know, and of course, there are rednecks in Alabama that keep lights up year-round. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, why, why are you doing that? Why are you having a, a Christmas feast the week after Christmas? Why are you singing Christmas? You know, any of those kinds of things. Why are you sending a Christmas card the first week of January? Well, because Christ has come. He's come, yeah. And it, it, it that weirdness, that difference, it's not that we, you know, it, it just, it, I think it highlights that and, and gives a, Certainly. another moment to say there's something different about this. Yeah. Well, John, we're about at time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're at 23 this minutes so right fast. Now. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, last thoughts. Last Anything thought. else you got? Celebrate Advent. I, I want to encourage you, and, and it's going to be a process. As I shared Sunday, I, I'm late to the Advent game uh, in my own life, but as I'm coming more and more uh, to understand, I see the beauty of it. And I, I just want to encourage you, 
take one small step towards that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for you this year, take one small step and and begin to, to experience the time of waiting, enter into that, so that you can really experience the joy of His coming. And then find ways to intentionally share some of that with someone else. So good. I'm looking forward to all this. Man, it's going to be fun. It I, is. I'm, I, and so thankful for many of, of you who are already on board with all this and been hearing about your advent with your families and other things. And I'm just uh, excited to see what all comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it will enhance our Christmas time together. I think so as well. And, and we would love to hear your stories about that. It, and, and again, yeah, yeah. let me just say thank you for your engagement with the podcast. We're getting incredible uh, uh, feedback from that. And so and we're really grateful for that, that this has been uh, something that is meeting a need in your lives. But uh, we would love to hear how you are celebrating Advent. What are you doing? What are, are, are good things that are, are there? I, I've had one or two church members share some things that they're doing uh, with their families. And I'm so appreciative of that because we would like to begin to develop some resources uh, mm-hmm. for next year. That's right. Uh, looking towards this. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, thankful for Pastor John and his leadership and all this. And uh, just subscribe to the podcast, yep. like it, comment on it, share it, and keep listening. That's right. Because we're having a blast. And send your short jokes to Josh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will probably get about 30 of them this next it. week. So. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks. Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name's Josh Watford, and across the table from me is... John Nicholson. Glad to be back with you, folks. The infamous John Nicholson, and so uh, (laughs) thankful to have him as a pastor, but we like to pick on one another. Okay, so talking about picking on one another, here's here's just some banter. Uh, I'm looking up an illustration for the Marion Academy devotional that I did earlier today, and was looking up uh, just optical illusions and stuff like that. So it was one of those random websites, and a Reader's Digest ad popped up and said download your 10 short jokes right now (laughs) and so depending on where you put the emphasis there short jokes or short jokes uh, I took it when I first read it I read it as short jokes yeah I felt attacked (laughs) I'm like who knows what what website has my height and is sending me targeted ads folks watch this text stuff they're watching you yep they are they are so I I thought maybe you had sent something in to them and uh, is getting big tech Boy, uh, I, to attack me. Only, if only I had thought of it. That's, that's good. You may get some short stuff in the mail now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll there see. we go. <laughs> I, I'll know who to turn to. But that's so fun. John, we, uh, we have started to close up the series on spiritual yep. discipline. So this will be the, the last podcast because you preached the last sermon on our spiritual disciplines in community series. Right. And so... Let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's okay. talk about evangelism. Why should we do that? Oh, wow. Well, because we're commanded to do it. Uh, you know, well, oh, here's why I asked that question. Because that, should, that, that question. should seem pretty obvious, right. right? should seem pretty obvious. But I know people who are Christians who think they should just keep their personal faith to themselves. Yeah. And then I know some people who aren't Christians who really think that it's wrong, it's morally evil to try to propagate your spiritual beliefs to other people. Yeah, forcing it on somebody else. Right. right. So it may not be quite as obvious as to why we should do that. I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in our church who think that it's more morally evil to share a faith. Right. But for many, for there may be some who say, well. It's just 
it's better if I just keep it to myself. Yeah. And so why not? Right. And, you know, and I do. I think that I think you're right on uh, over the target with that because there are people who we, we feel like we shouldn't share our faith because it might offend them. The gospel is offensive. That's yep. one of the things that we have to come to grips with early is that it declares that we are sinners. I don't like being told I'm a sinner, but when I look in the mirror, I realize I ain't what I ought to be. Right. And you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I need to come to that understanding. And now, is there a solution for it? Well, the gospel is the only solution that solves that problem. The mm-hmm. world's putting out a whole lot of ideas, uh, but none of them are working. Yeah. The gospel is the only thing that addresses this this crushing issue within the human condition, and that is sin. And so this is part of it. You know, and, and one of the other reasons, not only are we commanded to, that's the easy part. That's the easy side of that answer. You know, I, I need to do it because I'm supposed to do it. Yes. But as I grow in love for my neighbor, as I grow to, to, to love those people around me, it's, it's, I, I want them to know the answer to this. I want them to have that, um, uh, to use the terminology that we use around here, I want them to have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. I want them to know who he is, what he's done for them, and the difference that he makes. Because I care about them. I care about what's going on in their life as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's also, and, and it is a discipline. It's something that we've got to, just like with Bible reading or with prayer, it's, got, it's something that has got to be on our intentional radar. This is something that I am going to be engaged in right. today. Now, I think we also have created sometimes around this idea of evangelism that that means I've got to go out here and share the Roman road with four people or I've got to mm. hand out X number of four spiritual alls track and that's from back in a long time ago. But You, you mean know. I didn't have to memorize those six paragraphs in seminary yeah. to share my faith? Right. Well, that was equipping you to do it. You know? Yeah. but No, it was very helpful. Right. But it, it we, we have generated, I think, this idea that if I, if I haven't done that, then I haven't shared my faith. No. We... we are sometimes preparing the ground, and, and this kind of leads us towards the other part of the discussion that we'll have in a moment, to prepare the ground for somebody to be receptive to the gospel. Are there times that we just need to cold turkey share the gospel with folks because the opportunity presents itself? Absolutely. And we've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for that. That's where something like share Jesus without fear, uh, that process is incredibly helpful, yeah. incredibly useful because it's non-threatening. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I just want to have a conversation with you about where you are. And if you're open to that, let's continue on down the road and talk about who is Jesus and what has he done yeah. and what does that mean for you in your life. Uh, and it may lead to that. And so we, But we got to be, one, prepared. That's yeah. part of the discipline. But then also be intentional to be doing that. But on this, this side of preparing the ground, having conversations so that I can see where someone is coming from, uh, so that I understand what's going on in their world and so that I can begin to speak with them and, to, and speak to them about who Jesus is in a way that they'll be heard. So I think something else has happened in our world and all this post-Christian or deconstructing our faith kind of environment that, that we're in. A lot of people, you and if you listen to the podcast, you may have heard people talking about uh, the generation none, how many of this younger generation has just rejected any form of yeah. religiosity the, of any sort. None as in N-O-N-E, right? right. <laughs> and, um, but it's interesting, you and I have had this conversation just out of some some experiences that we've had with 
particularly some collegiate age individuals that have come th- across our path over the last six to eight months, that may be post Christian, but it's not post spiritual. That's right. There are there is a great hunger for for spiritual understanding. We have spiritual not only understand but truth yeah. that we need to share with them. And we got to be ready to do that, and this is part of that discipline process. Uh, well, this is somewhat of a tangent, but I'm Go going to bring it. it back around. Uh, right now, in my generation and below, the occult has become massive. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely massive. This neo-paganism, uh, uh, not full-blown witchcraft, even though that's sometimes oh, that. I'm going to interrupt you. And just yeah. to give you a, a tangible way that you could watch this, I, I love going to bookstores. Barnes & Noble and me, we're good mm-hmm. friends. And over the years, I watched the New Age shelf go from a shelf section to an entire section. aisle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's got its own header out there, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's just this explosion of things that are being written about occultism. So right. Back to your point. Well, so uh, to go ahead and wrap that up, I was just saying that it's exploding in my generation and below right now because this rejection of Christianity has left this vacuum mm-hmm. and it has to be filled by something. Right. And so there are very, very few people who would say, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in spiritual things. The vast majority of people who reject Christianity or, or any "quote unquote" organized religion have to fill it with something. Yeah, they they still feel like they're spiritual beings, and this idea of speaking with the dead and being able to be one with nature in a very real spiritual sense and and all that kind of stuff is intriguing intriguing to them. Because they have to fill it with something. Right. And we can come and say, the the God that you've rejected isn't the God of my Bible. Because a lot of them have very poor notions of who God is. Oh, yeah. And that's the God they're rejecting. And so I, I've found that in my life, part of my evangelistic encounters has been saying, well, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, you are rejecting something that I reject as well. Right. And so we can reject that together and we can talk about that. But I want to the the God that you worship in ignorance, I want to introduce to you. Yeah, that's uh, just Paul on Mars Hill. Right, right. And I think that's why something like Share Jesus Without Fear, that, that diagnostic question that's there, you know, to you who is Jesus. Yeah. Let me let me hear from you because most of us got some opinion about who he is. And just to hear from them where 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 you, where you stand on Jesus. That opens that door to say, well, let me let's talk a little bit more about who he is. Yeah, and uh, and to get past some of these preconceived notions about that. And that first question of share Jesus without fear: Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Yeah, uh, I have. And all the people I've asked, no one has said I don't have any. Right, because we got some. It may be way off the wall and left field somewhere, sure. but they have some sort of spiritual beliefs. Right. Uh, again, there are very few people out there who say, I have no spiritual beliefs whatsoever, because well, you and I mentioned this earlier, God has put eternity into our yeah, hearts. hearts. That's right. And so we feel that longing. That's a C.S. Lewis yeah. uh, uh, observation that you know we have hunger, we have sexual desire, we have all these other things that have some sort of fulfillment. And throughout creation, throughout human history, there has been this God hunger, uh, this spiritual hunger. And there has to be something that exists to fulfill that. And I believe Jesus is 
the only answer to that. Absolutely. And, and just to open again this idea of, of the openness that's out there, an observation that I've made in the last year or so is that part of this is some pushback now that's occurring toward this uh, occurring toward this idea of hypermaterialism that you know it's just uh, chemical reactions and matter over time and chance and all that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this now in literature and art. There is a resurgence of spiritual ideas, um, and and it's it's just been fascinating for me to watch some of the books that are being published. People that are watching and and tracking some of these things. Uh, just the resurgence, and, and it would go hand in hand with what you could call neo paganism and the occult. You know, is it, this return to? We're looking for what's what's behind all this. There's yeah. something more to this than meets the eyes. More than just chance and atoms and chemicals. What, what is it? We know as believers, and this is that imperative for us to be sharing the gospel. Yeah, uh, because people are hungry for it. So to summarize our answer to the question, why evangelize, would you say the harvest is plentiful, mm. but the workers are few? Yeah. Yeah. And be careful because, as you remember, Jesus says pray, and then then he sends them out. That's right. right. And prayers yeah. are answered. Good. Yeah. Go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, we are the workers. That's it. So, so let us get to work. Uh, and so, John, that kind of segues into our next It really does. And topic. let me just say that because and I think this begins to, to help us get there. We sometimes think of evangelism or missions as something that we need to do off over elsewhere. I made this point Sunday that the statistics are are consistent that even in Perry County, as highly churched as we are, um, half of the people in Perry County are unchurched, yeah. have no connection to church. So we've got evangelistic work to be doing here. Add to that, and Marion's not unusual in this, but maybe a little bit, but just the international presence mm-hmm. that is here in Marion. And I'm not talking about just college kids that are coming through. Uh, we've got a family from India that owns a couple of businesses in town, uh, some folks from Yemen that own a business in town, um, I think another guy that is uh, Middle Eastern that owns another business in town. Uh, we got some folks from Mexico, uh, a guy from uh, a lady from China. Uh, I mean, it, we can just kind of start going down the list. Yep. Of the world that has come to Marion, Alabama. That's right. What are we doing to reach them? What are we doing to share the gospel with them? And that again is not us dropping off the four spiritual laws track and saying, "God bless you, be fed and be well fed and warm." It's how are we, as Charles Spurgeon says, how are we compelling our neighbor to love Christ? Yeah. How are we? What are we doing in their lives that that makes them want what we've got? And then for us to have that intentional moment to share with them, here's what I got, and here's how you can have it. Yeah. So why is the season that we're in now one of the best seasons to do exactly what you're talking about? I think it's a beautiful season for us because, one, for us as believers to walk into the Advent season, and again, to reemphasize for our, for those of you who are listening, I think that, I don't think I know that we as Baptists threw a lot of babies out with some bad bathwater. Um and one of them is, is embracing this idea of how we craft, how we approach our year. And the church has traditionally, for a long time, third century or so, I think, if I yeah. remember right, um, has celebrated this season of Advent. It is the season that, that begins the church year. Um, and it's a time of waiting because it begins in darkness, and it just so happens to match the season of darkness for mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be dark outside here in just about an hour. You know, from the time we're sitting down doing this, and it gets dark early, and it stays dark a long time. 
and there are you know they've done all the studies and that sort of thing people have physical response to that even you know but but it coincides with that that there is a spiritual darkness that we we hunger for the coming of light and so if our neighbors are walking in that spiritual darkness and you know with this reblooming of paganism and those kinds of things that are happening out there this spiritual hunger that's there well, what if we give them the true light you know and this is a great question at a time of year i think that people are they're at least open to having some conversation because it's there. Christmas. It's Christmas, <laughs> you know, and um, you know. And this is also, you know, you get into the culture wars by you know, it is Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. Well, holidays are holy days, by the way, you know. So we, we can get all bent out of shape about that, but but I think it is important that we talk about Christmas because he is. That's the reason that folks get off on December the twenty fifth. Yeah. Not because Congress declared it, but because we as a culture have traditionally and, and really worldwide now. Um, that happens. That's an influence that's there. I remember, so just kind of on this topic, uh, when I worked at Shoe Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, welcome to Shoe Carnival. I can still do the whole <laughs> bit. Uh, but but anyways, when I was working there, we played Christmas music basically from Black Friday all the way until uh, Christmas Eve. And then we'd turn it off after Christmas Eve. But I remember having a conversation. I can't, honestly, I don't remember what... Um, what song it was, but I remember using a Christmas song that came on to start a conversation mm-hmm. with one of my co- co-workers. Mm-hmm. So there are things all around us, yes. from decorations to music to presents and all that kind of stuff, that aid us as uh, evangelistic uh, tools. Tools, yeah, tools. Uh, I, I was thinking like a precursor, like something to give us that. Uh, introduction Appetizers. to yeah I, I, I guess that's good because you know when I was in youth group uh, youth pastor would be like hey wear Christian shirts to make people ask you about your shirts and there's an open door for a conversation and good idea I don't think that's a bad idea but uh, these work the same way yeah there are just things all around us I mean going down the street in Marion there are angels with horns yeah what are those angels? Like trumpets, not not. Trump, oh, yeah. I, you Sorry. said angels with horns. I'm picturing angels with horns on their heads. I'm you're, thinking, you're right. what? Oh, that we was. Got, well, who did that? Yeah, that was that was terrible wording choice on, on my part. Yes, a trumpet, angels with trumpets. So, so what are they blowing their trumpet about? Yeah. Uh, what? Why are we? Why do we have these stars hanging up? Absolutely. Uh, what was what the Christmas tree all about? Whether or not that's a, a pagan idea, we can. That's another podcast for another day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but there are there are emblems. Alert, it probably is, but we baptize it. So. Yeah, yeah. There are there are emblems and symbols all around us yeah. that can aid in our evangelism, and it's just a, a perfect time to be able to talk about those things. Uh, another point that I want to make about Christmas time is that for many people, it is a time of darkness. Yeah. it's a time of sadness almost mm-hmm. because of maybe lost loved ones uh, and these. Holidays just remind them of certain aspects yeah, of their life. It sometimes, right? And so we can enter into their grief with them, right? And offer this hope that that only Jesus can bring, the comfort that only the Holy Spirit can bring, right? So yeah. that's those are just some ideas of why this is such a great time to to begin sharing our faith. Absolutely, and and I think you know you couple that with there's a general sense of of generosity and care that comes in with this season and so it's a perfect time for us as believers 
let's do that. Let's go over and above. Let you know, leave a gift for the garbage guy. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, perhaps that will open up a door, or you know, the the person that's uh, serving you and you're you know ten in line at the retail space that you're picking up, and you know that you can tell they're harried and just you know, and you have an opportunity to speak a word of hope to them. You know, or an attaboy. Hey, thanks for what you're doing. Instead of being one of the people that's creating the problems for you. Yeah. Um, just taking. What are some ways that I can take advantage of the moment to present? A little bit about who Jesus is, and perhaps to crack open the door for further conversation about that with somebody. Again, this goes back to the intentionality side, and uh, these marry real nicely for us right now because Mm -hmm. if we're going to celebrate Advent and not get to Christmas and Christmas Eve, we turn off all the Christmas music because we're on the New Year's and whatever else is down the pike. But if we're going to celebrate Advent and we're going to wait and then and 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 anticipate the coming and then celebrate the coming. Mm And I think by celebrating Christmas tide, the twelve days following Christmas up until Epiphany, I think that's a great opportunity because everybody else is dead tired. They're ready to get all the decorations, up. and they're going to say, "Why in the world are you still celebrate? Why are you singing Christmas carols the week after Christmas?" Well, because we got something to celebrate. Yep. Let me tell you about it. Uh, I'm giving you a gift on January third. Why am I giving you a gift on January third? Because God has given us a gift, and I want to share that joy with you yeah. in the aftermath of that gift. So I, I, I think there's some intentionality that helps us to do the evangelism side just by virtue of how we celebrate it. And uh, this goes back to the discussion that you and I were having, I believe it was yesterday, just us being weird people. Yep. Like Christmas is a weird holiday. We really believe that God became a human. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's mind-blowing, and it's scandalous and just wrong to so many people. And for us to truly celebrate Christmas and not just be entirely caught up in only the consumeristic ideas of, of Christmas, which, again, we need to buy presents, we, we need to hang the lights, sure. we need to bake the candy, we need to do all the, the fun Christmas stuff, but... Everybody does those things. Yeah. Why it, do we do them differently? Jesus would say, even the Gentiles do those things. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Uh, and so what are some things that we can do as Christians that set us apart and emphasize and magnify the importance and the just scandal of Christmas? Yeah. And the difference of Christmas, I think. You know, yeah. As I was trying to help us get our heads around on uh, during the sermon on Sunday— is that we have so bought into this that it's this consumer side and that we're going to, you know, Christmas decorations come down the day after Christmas and, you know, we're on to whatever else because we're through with that. No, we should just be beginning that. And this this gets back to this idea of Christian year, of, of how do we look at this? Because from that point forward, after uh, after Christmas, after that day, we're, we're beginning already at that point in our year to turn towards Easter and the cross. Yeah, That's the next big event. We can't have Easter if he didn't come. This right. is why we're celebrating this, okay? And so to kind of keep that in view, that's a that's an odd juxtaposition sometimes for us to think about. But to the to the to your question, what are some things we can do? I, I think by changing how we celebrate a little bit, let's put up instead of putting everything up today, let's let's kind of stretch this out. I mentioned uh, 
that Felix and Christina down at uh, the uh, Mexican place here in town, they've got their nativity out, but baby Jesus isn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why is that? Because he hasn't come yet. That's I good. didn't ask them about that, but I, I, I saw it and I recognized that. How do we do that? Can we do that? You know, one of the practices that we've implemented here at our church with the display of the nativity that we have in the sanctuary is the wise men travel. Yeah. From the back of the sanctuary to the front of the sanctuary over a six-week period, basically, until Epiphany uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, because that's traditionally when they arrive. That it's it's not all just this one thing. Boom, psh, done. Yeah. You know? And by doing that, by stretching, it, it is weird. People are like, we're done. Why are, why are you still, why do you still have lights up? You know, and of course, there are rednecks in Alabama that keep lights up year-round. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, why Why are you doing that? Why are you having a, a Christmas feast the week after Christmas? Why are you singing Christmas? You know, any of those kinds of things. Why are you sending a Christmas card the first week of January? Well, because Christ has come. He's come, yeah. And it, it, it that weirdness, that difference, it's not that we, you know, it, it just, it, I think it highlights that and, and gives a, Certainly. another moment to say there's something different about this. Yes. Well, John, we're about at time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're at 23 this minutes so right fast. Now. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, last thoughts. Last Anything thoughts. else you got? Celebrate Advent. I, I want to encourage you, and, and it's going to be a process. As I shared Sunday, I, I'm late to the Advent game uh, in my own life, but as I'm coming more and more uh, to understand, I see the beauty of it. And I, I just want to encourage you. Take one small step towards that, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you this year. Take one small step and and begin to, to experience the time of waiting. Enter into that so that you can really experience the joy of His coming. And then find ways to intentionally share some of that with someone else. So good. I'm looking forward to all this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It I, is. I'm, I, and so thankful for many of, of you who are already on board with all this, have been hearing about your advent with your families and other things. And I'm just uh, excited to see what all comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it will enhance our Christmas time together. I think so as well. And, and we would love to hear your stories about that. It, and, and again, yeah, yeah. let me just say thank you for your engagement with the podcast. We're getting incredible uh, uh, feedback from that. And so and we're really grateful for that, that this has been uh, something that is meeting a need in your lives. But uh, we would love to hear how you are celebrating Advent. What are you doing? What are, are, are good things that are are there? I, I've had one or two church members share some things that they're doing uh, with their families. And, I, and I'm so appreciative of that because we would like to begin to develop some resources uh, mm-hmm. for next year. That's right. Uh, looking towards this. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, thankful for Pastor John and his leadership and all this. And uh, just subscribe to the podcast, yep. like it, comment on it, share it, and keep listening. That's right. Because we're having a blast. And send your short jokes to Josh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will probably get about 30 of them this next it. week. So We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks. Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name's Josh Watford, and across the table from me John is... John Nicholson. Glad to be back with you, folks. The infamous John Nicholson, and so uh, <laughs> thankful to have him as a pastor, but we like to pick on one another. Okay, so talking about picking on one another, here's, okay, here here's just go. some banter. Uh, I'm looking up an illustration for the Marion Academy devotional that I did earlier today, and was looking up uh, just optical illusions and stuff like that. Right. So it was one of those random websites, and a Reader's Digest ad popped up and said download your 10 short jokes right now 
<laughs> and so, depending on where you put the emphasis there, short jokes or short jokes, uh, I took it, when I first read it, I read it as Were you short jokes. Josh? Yeah, I felt attacked. I'm like, who knows? What, what, what website has me? my height and is sending me targeted ads? folks, watch this text yeah. stuff. They're watching you. Yep, <laughs> they are. Josh. They are. So, I, short. I thought maybe you had sent something in to them and uh, is getting big tech Boy, uh, I, to attack me. Only, if only I had thought of it. That's that's good. And you may get some short stuff in the mail now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll there see. we go. I, I'll know who to turn to. But that's so fun, John. We uh, we have started to close up the series on spiritual yep. discipline. So this will be the the last podcast because you preached the last sermon on our spiritual disciplines in community series. Right. And so let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about evangelism. Why should we do that? Oh wow. Well, because we're commanded to do it. Uh, you know, well, oh, here's why I asked that question. Because that Tell should that, that question. should seem pretty obvious, right. right? Should seem pretty obvious. But I know people who are Christians who think they should just keep their personal faith to themselves. Yeah. And then I know some people who aren't Christians who really think that it's wrong, it's morally evil to try to propagate your spiritual beliefs to other people. Yeah, forcing it on somebody else. Right. right. So it may not be quite as obvious as to why we should do that. I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in our church who think that it's more morally evil to share a faith. Right. But for many, for there may be some who say, well, it's just, it's better if I just keep it to myself. Yeah. And so why not? Right. And, you know, and I, and I do. I think that I think you're right on uh, over the target with that because there are people who we we feel like we shouldn't share our faith because it might offend them. The gospel is offensive. That's yep. one of the things that we have to come to grips with early is that it declares that we are sinners. I don't like being told I'm a sinner, but when I look in the mirror, I realize I ain't what I ought to be. Right. And you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I need to come to that understanding. And now. Is there a solution for it? Well, the gospel is the only solution that solves that problem. The mm-hmm. world's putting out a whole lot of ideas, uh, but none of them are working. Yeah, the gospel is the only thing that addresses this this crushing issue within the human condition, and that is sin. And so, this is part of it. You know, and and one of the other reasons, not only are we commanded to, that's the easy part. That's the easy side of that answer. You know, I, I need to do it because I'm supposed to do it. Yes. But as I grow in love for my neighbor, as I grow to 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 love those people around me, it's it's I want them to know the answers to this. I want them to have that um, to use the terminology we use around here. I want them to have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. I want them to know who He is, what He's done for them, and the difference that He makes. Because I care about them, I care about what's going on in their life as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's also, and, and it is a discipline. It's something that we've got to, just like with Bible reading or with prayer, it's, got, it's something that has got to be on our intentional radar. This is something that I am going to be engaged in right. today. Now, I think we also have 
created sometimes around this idea of evangelism that that means I've got to go out here and share the Roman road with four people or I've got to mm. hand out X number of four spiritual alls track and that's back in a long time ago but you mean you know. I didn't have to memorize those six paragraphs in seminary <laughs> yeah. to share my faith right well that was equipping you to do it yeah, yeah. but no it was very helpful right but it, it we we have generated I think this idea that if I if I haven't done that then I haven't shared my faith no we we are sometimes preparing the ground, and, and this kind of leads us towards the other part of the discussion that we'll have in a moment, to prepare the ground for somebody to be receptive to the gospel. Are there times that we just need to cold turkey share the gospel with folks because the opportunity presents itself? Absolutely. And we've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for that. That's where something like share Jesus without fear, uh, that process, is incredibly helpful, yeah. incredibly useful because it's non-threatening. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I just want to have a conversation with you about where you are. And if you're open to that, let's continue on down the road and talk about who is Jesus and what has he done yeah. and what does that mean for you in your life. Uh, and it may lead to that. And so we, But we got to be, one, prepared. That's yeah. part of the discipline. But then also be intentional to be doing that. But on this, this side of preparing the ground, having conversations so that I can see where someone is coming from, uh, so that I understand what's going on in their world and so that I can begin to speak with them and, t- and speak to them about who Jesus is in a way that they'll be heard. So I think something else has happened in our world and all this post-Christian or deconstructing our faith kind of environment that, that we're in. A lot of people, you and if you listen to the podcast, you may have heard people talking about uh, the generation none, how many of this younger generation has just rejected any form of yeah. religiosity the, of any sort. None as in N-O-N-E, right? right. <laughs> and, um, but it, it's interesting, you and I have had this conversation just out of some some experiences that we've had with particularly some collegiate age individuals that have come th- across our path over the last six to eight months that may be post-Christian, but it's not post-spiritual. That's right. There are There is a great hunger for, for spiritual understanding. We have spiritual, not only understand, but truth yeah. that we need to share with them. And we got to be ready to do that. And this is part of that discipline process. Uh, well, this is somewhat of a tangent, but I'm going to bring it back around. Uh, right now, in my generation and below, the occult has become massive. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely massive. This neo-paganism, uh, uh, not full-blown witchcraft, even though that's sometimes oh, that. I'm going to interrupt you and just yeah. give you a, a tangible way that you could watch this. I, I love going to bookstores. Barnes & Noble and me, we're good mm-hmm. friends. And over the years, I watched the New Age shelf go from a shelf section to an entire section. aisle. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, and it's got its own header out there, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's just this explosion of things that are being written about occultism. So right. Back to your point. Well, so uh, to go ahead and wrap that up, I was just saying that it's exploding in my generation and below right now because this rejection of Christianity has left this vacuum mm-hmm. and it has to be filled by something. Right. And so there are very, very few people who would say, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in spiritual things. The vast majority of people who reject Christianity or, or any "quote unquote" organized religion have to fill it with something. Yeah, they they still feel like they're spiritual beings, 
and this idea of speaking with the dead and being able to be one with nature in a very real spiritual sense and and all that kind of stuff is intriguing intriguing to them because they have to fill it with something right and we can come and say the the god that you've rejected isn't the god of my bible because a lot of them have very poor notions of who god is oh, yeah and that's the God they're rejecting. And so I, I've found that in my life, part of my evangelistic encounters has been saying, well, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, you are rejecting something that I reject as well. Right. And so we can reject that together and we can talk about that. But I want to the, – the God that you worship in ignorance, I want to introduce to you. Yeah, that's just uh, Paul on Mars Hill. Right, right. And I think that's why something like Share Jesus Without Fear, that, that diagnostic question that's there, you know, to you, who is Jesus? Yeah. Let me let me hear from you because most of us have got some opinion about who he is. And just to hear from them, where, 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 you, where you stand on Jesus, that opens that door to say, well, let me let's talk a little bit more about who he is. Yeah, and uh, and to get past some of these preconceived notions about that. And that first question of share Jesus without fear: Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Yeah. Uh, I have, and all the people I've asked, no one has said I don't have any. Right, because we got some. It may be way off the wall and left field somewhere, sure. but they have some sort of spiritual beliefs. Right. Uh, again, there are very few people out there who say I have no spiritual beliefs whatsoever. Because well, you and I mentioned this earlier, God has put eternity into our, our hearts. hearts. That's right. And so we feel that longing. That's a C.S. Lewis yeah. uh, uh, observation that you know we have hunger, we have sexual desire, we have all these other things that have some sort of fulfillment. And throughout creation, throughout human That's history, right. there has been this God hunger, right. uh, this spiritual hunger. And there has to be something that exists to fulfill that and I believe Jesus is the only answer to that. Absolutely. And, and just to open again this idea of, of the openness that's out there, an observation that I've made in the last year or so is that part of this is some pushback now that's occurring toward this occurring toward this idea of hypermaterialism that you know it's just uh, chemical reactions and matter over time and chance and all that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this now in literature and art. There is a resurgence of spiritual ideas, um, and and it's it's just been fascinating for me to watch some of the books that are being published. People that are watching and and tracking some of these things, uh, just the resurgence, and and it would go hand in hand with what you could call neo paganism and the occult. You know, is it, this return to we're looking for what's what's behind all this? There's yeah. something more to this than meets the eye. It's more than just chance and atoms and chemicals what is it we know as believers and this is that imperative for us to be sharing the gospel yeah uh, because people are hungry for it so to summarize our answer to the question why evangelize would you say the harvest is plentiful Mm. but the workers are few yeah yeah and be careful because as you remember jesus says pray and then then he sends them out. That's right. right. And prayers yeah. are answered. Good. Yeah. Go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, we are the workers. That's it. So, so let us get to work. Uh, and so, John, that kind of segues into our next It really does. And topic. let me just say that because I, and I think this begins to, to help us get there. We sometimes think of evangelism or missions as something that we need to do off over elsewhere. I made this point Sunday that the statistics are, are consistent that even in Perry County, as highly churched as we are, um, 
half of the people in Perry County are unchurched, yeah. have no connection to church. So we've got evangelistic work to be doing here. Add to that, and Marion's not unusual in this, but maybe a little bit, but just the international presence mm-hmm. that is here in Marion. And I'm not talking about just college kids that are coming through. Uh, we've got uh, a family from India that owns uh, a couple of businesses in town, uh, some folks from Yemen that own a business in town, um, I think another guy that is uh, Middle Eastern that owns another business in town. Uh, we got some folks from Mexico, uh, a guy from uh, a lady from China. Uh, I mean, it, we can just kind of start going down the list yep. of the world that has come to Marion, Alabama. That's right. What are we doing to reach them? What are we doing to share the gospel with them? And that, again, is not us dropping off the four spiritual laws track and saying, God bless you, be fed and be well fed and warm. It's how are we, as Charles Spurgeon says, how are we compelling our neighbor to love Christ? Yeah. How are we, what are we doing in their lives that that makes them want what we've got? And then for us to have that intentional moment to share with them, here's what I got and here's how you can have it. Yeah. So why is the season that we're in now one of the best seasons to do exactly what you're talking about? I think it's a beautiful season. For us because one for us as believers to walk into the advent season and again to reemphasize for our, for those of you who are listening i think that i don't think i know that we as baptists threw a lot of babies out with some bad bath water um and one of them is is embracing this idea of how we craft how we approach our year and the church has traditionally for a long time third century or so i think if i yeah. remember right um, has celebrated this season of Advent. It is the season that, that begins the church year. Um, and it's a time of waiting because it begins in darkness and it just so happens to match the season of darkness for mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be dark outside here in just about an hour, you know, from the time we're sitting down doing this. And it gets dark early and it stays dark a long time. And there are, you know, they do all the studies and that sort of thing. People have physical response to that even, you know. But but it coincides with that that there is a spiritual darkness that we we hunger for the coming of light and so if our neighbors are walking in that spiritual darkness and you know with this reblooming of paganism and those kinds of things that are happening out there this spiritual hunger that's there well, what if we give them true light you know and this is a great question at a time of year i think that people are they're at least open to having some conversation because it's Christmas. It's Christmas, <laughs> you know, and um, you know. And this is also, you know, you get into the culture wars about you know, it is Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. Well, holidays are holy days, by the way, you know. So we, we can get all bent out of shape about that, but but I think it is important that we talk about Christmas because he is. That's the reason that folks get off on December the twenty fifth. Yeah. Not because Congress declared it, but because we as a culture have traditionally and, and really worldwide now. Um, that happens. That's an influence that's there. I remember, so just kind of on this topic, uh, when I worked at Shoe Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, welcome to Shoe Carnival. I can still do the whole <laughs> bit. Uh, but but anyways, when I was working there, we played Christmas music basically from Black Friday all the way until uh, Christmas Eve. And then we'd turn it off after Christmas Eve. But I remember having a conversation. I can't, honestly, I don't remember what... Um, what song it was, but I remember using a Christmas song that came on to start a conversation mm-hmm. with one of my co- co-workers. Mm-hmm. 
So there are things all around us, yes. from decorations to music to presents and all that kind of stuff, that aid us as evangelistic uh, tools. Tools, yeah, tools. Uh, I, I was thinking like a precursor, like something to give us that uh, introduction Appetizers. to. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's good because you know when I was in youth group, uh, youth pastor would be like, hey wear Christian shirts to make people ask you about your shirts and there's an open door for a conversation. And good idea. I don't think that's a bad idea, but uh, these work the same way. Yeah. There are just things all around us. I mean, going down the street in Marion, there are angels with horns. Yeah. What are those angels? Like trumpets, not not. Trump, oh, yeah. I, you Sorry. said angels with horns. I picture angels with horns on their heads. I'm thinking, you're, you're right. what? Oh, that was, got, who did that? Yeah, that was that was terrible wording choice on, on my part. Yes, a trumpet, angels with trumpets. So, so what are they blowing their trumpet about? Yeah. Uh, what? Why are we? Why do we have these stars hanging up? Absolutely. Uh, what What is the Christmas tree all about? Whether or not that's a, a pagan idea, we can. That's another podcast for another day. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but there are there are emblems. Alert, it probably is, but we baptize it. So. Yeah, yeah. There are there are emblems and symbols all around us yeah. that can aid in our evangelism, and it's just a, a perfect time to be able to talk about those things. Uh, another point that I want to make about Christmas time is that for many people, it is a time of darkness. Yeah, it's a time of sadness almost mm-hmm. because of maybe lost loved ones uh, and these. Holidays just remind them of certain aspects yeah, it just of their life. It sometimes, right? And so we can enter into their grief with them, right? And offer this hope that that only Jesus can bring, the comfort that only the Holy Spirit can bring, right? So yeah. that's those are just some ideas of why this is such a great time to to begin sharing our faith. Absolutely, and and I think you know you couple that with there's a general sense of of generosity and care that comes in with this season and so it's a perfect time for us as believers let's do that let's go over and above let you know leave a gift for the garbage guy you know yeah um and you know perhaps that will open up a door or you know the the person that's uh serving you and you're you know 10 in line at the retail space that you're picking up and you know that you can tell they're harried and just you know and you have an opportunity to speak a word of hope to them you know we're an attaboy hey thanks for what you're doing instead of being one of the people that's creating the problems for you yeah um just taking what are some ways that i can take advantage of the moment to present a little bit about who jesus is and perhaps to crack open the door for further conversation about that with somebody. Again, this goes back to the intentionality side. And uh, these marry real nicely for us right now because Mm -hmm. if we're going to celebrate Advent and not get to Christmas and Christmas Eve, we turn off all the Christmas music because we're on the New Year's and whatever else is down the pike. But if we're going to celebrate Advent and we're going to wait and and anticipate the coming and then celebrate the coming, Mm -hmm. and I think by celebrating Christmastide – 12 days following Christmas up until Epiphany, I think that's a great opportunity because everybody else is dead tired. They're ready to get all the decorations. And they're going to say, why in the world are you still celebrate? Why are you singing Christmas carols the week after Christmas? Well, because we got something to celebrate. Yep. Let me tell you about it. Uh, I'm giving you a gift on January 3rd. Why am I giving you a gift on January 3rd? Because God has given us a gift, and I want to share that joy with you. Yeah. 
in the aftermath of that gift. So I, I, I think there's some intentionality that helps us to do the evangelism side just by virtue of how we celebrate it. And uh, this goes back to the discussion that you and I were having, I believe it was yesterday, just us being weird people. Yep. Like Christmas is a weird holiday. We really believe that God became a human. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's mind-blowing, and it's scandalous and just wrong to so many people. And for us to truly celebrate Christmas and not just be entirely caught up in only the consumeristic ideas of, of Christmas, which, again, we need to buy presents. We, we need to hang the lights. Sure. We need to bake the candy. We need to do all the, the fun Christmas stuff. But everybody does those things. Yeah. Why do we do them differently? And Jesus would say, even the Gentiles do those things. There you know? you go. Uh, and so what are some things that we can do as Christians that set us apart and emphasize and magnify the importance and the just scandal of Christmas? Yeah. And the difference of Christmas, I think. You know, yeah. As I was trying to help us get our heads around on uh, during the sermon on Sunday— is that we have so bought into this that it's this consumer side and that we're going to, you know, Christmas decorations come down the day after Christmas and, you know, we're on to whatever else because we're through with that. No, we should just be beginning that. And this this gets back to this idea of Christian year, of, of how do we look at this? Because from that point forward, after uh, after Christmas, after that day, we're, we're beginning already at that point in our year to turn towards Easter and the cross. Yeah, That's the next big event. We can't have Easter if he didn't come. This right. is why we're celebrating this, okay? And so to kind of keep that in view, that's a that's an odd juxtaposition sometimes for us to think about. But to the, to, the, to your question, what are some things we can do? I, I think by changing how we celebrate a little bit, let's put up, instead of putting everything up today, let's, let's kind of stretch this out. I mentioned... Uh, that Felix and Christina down at uh, the uh, Mexican place here in town, they've got their nativity out, but baby Jesus isn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because he hasn't come yet. That's I good. didn't ask him about that, but I, I, I saw it and I recognized that. How do we do that? Can we do that? You know, One of the practices that we've implemented here at our church with the display of the nativity that we have in the sanctuary is the wise men travel yeah. from the back of the sanctuary to the front of the sanctuary over a six-week period, basically, until Epiphany uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, because that's traditionally when they arrive. That it's it's not all just this one thing, boom, psh, done. Yeah. You know? And by doing that, by stretching, it, it is weird. People are like, we're done. Why are, why are you still, why do you still have lights up? You know, and of course, there are rednecks in Alabama that keep lights up year-round. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, why Why are you doing that? Why are you having a, a Christmas feast the week after Christmas? Why are you singing Christmas? You know, any of those kinds of things. Why are you sending a Christmas card the first week of January? Well, because Christ has come. He's come, yeah. And it, it, it that weirdness, that difference, it's not that we, you know, it, it just, it, I think it highlights that and, and gives a, Certainly. another moment to say there's something different about this. Yes. Well, John, we're about at time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're at 23 this minutes so right fast. Now. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, last thoughts. Last Anything thought. else you got? Celebrate Advent. I, I want to encourage you, and, and it's going to be a process. As I shared Sunday, I, I'm late to the Advent game uh, in my own life, but as I'm coming more and more uh, to understand, I see the beauty of it. And I, I just want to encourage you, 
take one small step towards that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for you this year, take one small step and and begin to, to experience the time of waiting, enter into that, so that you can really experience the joy of His coming. And then find ways to intentionally share some of that with someone else. So good. I'm looking forward to all this. Man, it's going to be fun. It I, is. I'm, I, and so thankful for many of, of you who are already on board with all this and been hearing about your advent with your families and other things. And I'm just uh, excited to see what all comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it will enhance our Christmas time together. I think so as well. And, and we would love to hear your stories about that. It, and, and again, yeah, yeah. let me just say thank you for your engagement with the podcast. We're getting incredible uh, uh, feedback from that. And so and we're really grateful for that, that this has been uh, something that is meeting a need in your lives. But uh, we would love to hear how you are celebrating Advent. What are you doing? What are, are, are good things that are, are there? I, I've had one or two church members share some things that they're doing uh, with their families. And I'm so appreciative of that because we would like to begin to develop some resources uh, mm-hmm. for next year. That's right. Uh, looking towards this. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, thankful for Pastor John and his leadership and all this. And uh, just subscribe to the podcast, yep. like it, comment on it, share it, and keep listening. That's right. Because we're having a blast. And send your short jokes to Josh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will probably get about 30 of them this next it. week. So We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks. Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name's Josh Watford, and across the table from me John is... John Nicholson. Glad to be back with you, folks. The infamous John Nicholson, and so uh, <laughs> thankful to have him as a pastor, but we like to pick on one another. Okay, so talking about picking on one another, here's, okay, here here's just some banter. Uh, I'm looking up an illustration for the Marion Academy devotional that I did earlier today, and was looking up uh, just optical illusions and stuff like that. Right. So it was one of those random websites, and a Reader's Digest ad popped up and said download your 10 short jokes right now (laughs) and so depending on where you put the emphasis there short jokes or short jokes uh, I took it when I first read it I read it as short jokes yeah I felt attacked (laughs) I'm like who knows what what website has my height and is sending me targeted ads watch this text stuff they're watching you yep they are they are so I I thought maybe you had sent something in to them and uh, is getting big tech Boy, uh, I, to attack me. Only, if only I had thought of it. That's, that's good. You may get some short stuff in the mail now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll there see. we go. <laughs> I, I'll know who to turn to. But that's so fun. John, we, uh, we have started to close up the series on spiritual yep. discipline. So this will be the, the last podcast because you preached the last sermon on our spiritual disciplines in community series. Right. And so... Let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about evangelism. Why should we do that? Oh, wow. Well, because we're commanded to do it. uh, Here's why I asked that question. Because that should should seem pretty obvious, right? right? should seem pretty obvious. But I know people who are Christians who think they should just keep their personal faith to themselves. Yeah. And then I know some people who aren't Christians who really think that it's wrong, it's morally evil to try to propagate your spiritual beliefs to other people. Yeah, forcing it on somebody else. Right. right. So it may not be quite as obvious as to why we should do that. I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in our church who think that it's more morally evil to share a faith. Right. But for many, for there may be some who say, well. It's just 
it's better if I just keep it to myself. Yeah. And so why not? Right. And, you know, and I do. I think that I think you're right on uh, over the target with that because there are people who we, we feel like we shouldn't share our faith because it might offend them. The gospel is offensive. That's yep. one of the things that we have to come to grips with early is that it declares that we are sinners. I don't like being told I'm a sinner, but when I look in the mirror, I realize I ain't what I ought to be. Right. And you know, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I need to come to that understanding. And now, is there a solution for it? Well, the gospel is the only solution that solves that problem. The mm-hmm. world's putting out a whole lot of ideas, uh, but none of them are working. Yeah. The gospel is the only thing that addresses this this crushing issue within the human condition, and that is sin. And so this is part of it. You know, and, and one of the other reasons, not only are we commanded to, that's the easy part. That's the easy side of that answer. You know, I, I need to do it because I'm supposed to do it. Yes. But as I grow in love for my neighbor, as I grow to, to, to love those people around me, it's, it's, I, I want them to know the answers to this. I want them to have that, um, uh, to use the terminology that we use around here, I want them to have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. I want them to know who he is, what he's done for them, and the difference that he makes. Because I care about them. I care about what's going on in their life as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's also, and, and it is a discipline. It's something that we've got to, just like with Bible reading or with prayer, it's, got, it's something that has got to be on our intentional radar. This is something that I am going to be engaged in right. today. Now, I think we also have created sometimes around this idea of evangelism that that means I've got to go out here and share the Roman road with four people or I've got to mm. hand out X number of four spiritual alls track and that's from back in a long time ago. But You, you mean know. I didn't have to memorize those six paragraphs in seminary yeah. to share my faith? Right. Well, that was equipping you to do it. You know? Yeah. but No, it was very helpful. Right. But it, it we, we have generated, I think, this idea that if I, if I haven't done that, then I haven't shared my faith. No. We... we are sometimes preparing the ground, and, and this kind of leads us towards the other part of the discussion that we'll have in a moment, to prepare the ground for somebody to be receptive to the gospel. Are there times that we just need to cold turkey share the gospel with folks because the opportunity presents itself? Absolutely. And we've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for that. That's where something like share Jesus without fear, uh, that process is incredibly helpful, yeah. incredibly useful because it's non-threatening. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I just want to have a conversation with you about where you are. And if you're open to that, let's continue on down the road and talk about who is Jesus and what has he done yeah. and what does that mean for you in your life. Uh, and it may lead to that. And so we, But we got to be, one, prepared. That's yeah. part of the discipline. But then also be intentional to be doing that. But on this, this side of preparing the ground, having conversations so that I can see where someone is coming from, uh, so that I understand what's going on in their world and so that I can begin to speak with them and, and speak to them about who Jesus is in a way that they'll be heard. So I think something else has happened in our world and all this post-Christian or deconstructing our faith kind of environment that, that we're in. A lot of people, you and if you listen to the podcast, you may have heard people talking about uh, the generation none, how many of this younger generation has just rejected any form of yeah. religiosity the, of any sort. None as in N-O-N-E, right? right. <laughs> and, um, but it's interesting, you and I have had this conversation just out of some some experiences that we've had with 
particularly some collegiate age individuals that have come th- across our path over the last six to eight months, that may be post Christian, but it's not post spiritual. That's right. There are there is a great hunger for for spiritual understanding. We have spiritual not only understand but truth yeah. that we need to share with them, and we got to be ready to do that. And this is part of that discipline process. Uh, well, this is somewhat of a tangent, but I'm Go going to bring it. it back around. Uh, right now, in my generation and below, the occult has become massive. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely massive. This neo-paganism, uh, uh, not full-blown witchcraft, even though that's sometimes oh, that. I'm going to interrupt you. And just yeah. to give you a, a tangible way that you could watch this, I, I love going to bookstores. Barnes & Noble and me, we're good mm-hmm. friends. And over the years, I watched the New Age shelf go from a shelf section to an entire section. aisle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's got its own header out there, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's just this explosion of things that are being written about occultism. So right. Back to your point. Well, so uh, to go ahead and wrap that up, I was just saying that it's exploding in my generation and below right now because this rejection of Christianity has left this vacuum mm-hmm. and it has to be filled by something. Right. And so there are very, very few people who would say, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in spiritual things. The vast majority of people who reject Christianity or, or any "quote unquote" organized religion have to fill it with something. Yeah, they they still feel like they're spiritual beings, and this idea of speaking with the dead and being able to be one with nature in a very real spiritual sense and and all that kind of stuff is intriguing intriguing to them. Because they have to fill it with something. Right. And we can come and say, the the God that you've rejected isn't the God of my Bible. Because a lot of them have very poor notions of who God is. Oh, yeah. And that's the God they're rejecting. And so I, I've found that in my life, part of my evangelistic encounters has been saying, well, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, you are rejecting something that I reject as well. Right. And so we can reject that together and we can talk about that. But I want to the the God that you worship in ignorance, I want to introduce to you. Yeah, that's uh, just Paul on Mars Hill. Right, right. And I think that's why something like Share Jesus Without Fear, that, that diagnostic question that's there, you know, to you who is Jesus. Yeah. Let me let me hear from you because most of us got some opinion about who he is. And just to hear from them where 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 you, where you stand on Jesus. That opens that door to say, well, let me let's talk a little bit more about who he is. Yeah, and uh, and to get past some of these preconceived notions about that. And that first question of share Jesus without fear: Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Yeah, uh, I have. And all the people I've asked, no one has said I don't have any. Right, because we got some. It may be way off the wall and left field somewhere, sure. but they have some sort of spiritual beliefs. Right. Uh, again, there are very few people out there who say, I have no spiritual beliefs whatsoever, because well, you and I mentioned this earlier, God has put eternity into our yeah, hearts. hearts. That's right. And so we feel that longing. That's a C.S. Lewis yeah. uh, uh, observation that you know we have hunger, we have sexual desire, we have all these other things that have some sort of fulfillment. And throughout creation, throughout human history, there has been this God hunger, uh, this spiritual hunger. And there has to be something that exists to fulfill that. And I believe Jesus is 
the only answer to that. Absolutely. And, and just to open again this idea of, of the openness that's out there, an observation that I've made in the last year or so is that part of this is some pushback now that's occurring toward this uh, occurring toward this idea of hypermaterialism that you know it's just uh, chemical reactions and matter over time and chance and all that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this now in literature and art. There is a resurgence of spiritual ideas, um, and and it's it's just been fascinating for me to watch some of the books that are being published. People that are watching and and tracking some of these things. Uh, just the resurgence, and, and it would go hand in hand with what you could call neo paganism and the occult. You know, is it, this return to? We're looking for what's what's behind all this. There's yeah. something more to this than meets the eye. It's more than just chance and atoms and chemicals. What, what is it? We know as believers, and this is that imperative for us to be sharing the gospel. Yeah, uh, because people are hungry for it. So to summarize our answer to the question, why evangelize, would you say the harvest is plentiful, mm. but the workers are few? Yeah. Yeah. And be careful because, as you remember, Jesus says pray, and then then he sends them out. That's right. right. And prayers yeah. are answered. Good. Yeah. Go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, we are the workers. That's it. So, so let us get to work. Uh, and so, John, that kind of segues into our next It really does. And topic. let me just say that because and I think this begins to, to help us get there. We sometimes think of evangelism or missions as something that we need to do off over elsewhere. I made this point Sunday that the statistics are are consistent, that even in Perry County, as highly churched as we are, um, half of the people in Perry County are unchurched, yeah. have no connection to church. So we've got evangelistic work to be doing here. Add to that, and Marion's not unusual in this, but maybe a little bit, but just the international presence mm-hmm. that is here in Marion. And I'm not talking about just college kids that are coming through. Uh, we've got uh, a family from India that owns uh, a couple of businesses in town, uh, some folks from Yemen that own a business in town. Um, I think another guy that is uh, Middle Eastern that owns another business in town. Uh, we got some folks from Mexico, uh, a guy from uh, a lady from China. Uh, I mean, it, we can just kind of start going down the list. Yep. Of the world that has come to Marion, Alabama. That's right. What are we doing to reach them? What are we doing to share the gospel with them? And that, again, is not us dropping off the four spiritual laws track and saying, God bless you, be fed and be well fed and warm. It's how are we, as Charles Spurgeon says, how are we compelling our neighbor to love Christ? Yeah. How are we, what are we doing in their lives that, that makes them want what we've got? And then for us to have that intentional moment to share with them, here's what I got, and here's how you can have it. Yeah. So why is the season that we're in now one of the best seasons to do exactly what you're talking about? I think it's a beautiful season for us because, one, for us as believers to walk into the Advent season, and again, to reemphasize for our, for those of you who are listening, I think that, I don't think I know that we as Baptists threw a lot of babies out with some bad bathwater. Um and one of them is, is embracing this idea of how we craft, how we approach our year. And the church has traditionally, for a long time, third century or so, I think, if I yeah. remember right, um, has celebrated this season of Advent. It is the season that, that begins the church year. Um, and it's a time of waiting because it begins in darkness, and it just so happens to match the season of darkness for mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, uh, it'll, it'll be dark outside here in just about an hour. You know, from the time we're sitting down doing this, and it gets dark early, and it stays dark a long time. 
and there are you know they've done all the studies and that sort of thing people have physical response to that even you know but but it coincides with that that there is a spiritual darkness that we we hunger for the coming of light and so if our neighbors are walking in that spiritual darkness and you know with this reblooming of paganism and those kinds of things that are happening out there this spiritual hunger that's there well, what if we give them true light you know and this is a great question at a time of year i think that people are they're at least open to having some conversation because it's the, Christmas. It's Christmas, <laughs> you know, and um, you know. And this is also, you know, you get into the culture wars by you know, it is Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. Well, holidays are holy days, by the way, you know. So we, we can get all bent out of shape about that, but but I think it is important that we talk about Christmas because he is. That's the reason that folks get off on December the twenty fifth. Yeah. Not because Congress declared it, but because we as a culture have traditionally and, and really worldwide now. Um, that happens. That's an influence that's there. I remember, so just kind of on this topic, uh, when I worked at Shoe Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, welcome to Shoe Carnival. I can still do the whole <laughs> bit. Uh, but but anyways, when I was working there, we played Christmas music basically from Black Friday all the way until uh, Christmas Eve. And then we'd turn it off after Christmas Eve. But I remember having a conversation. I can't, honestly, I don't remember what... Um, what song it was, but I remember using a Christmas song that came on to start a conversation mm-hmm. with one of my co- co-workers. Mm-hmm. So there are things all around us, yes. from decorations to music to presents and all that kind of stuff, that aid us as uh, evangelistic uh, tools. Tools, yeah, tools. Uh, I, I was thinking like a precursor, like something to give us that. Uh, introduction Appetizers. to yeah I, I guess that's good because you know when I was in youth group uh, youth pastor would be like hey wear Christian shirts to make people ask you about your shirts and there's an open door for a conversation and good idea I don't think that's a bad idea but uh, these work the same way yeah there are just things all around us I mean going down the street in Marion there are angels with horns yeah what are those angels? Like trumpets, not not. Trump, oh, yeah. I, you Sorry. said angels with horns. I'm picturing angels with horns on their heads. I'm thinking, you're, you're right. what? Oh, that we was. Got, well, who did that? Yeah, that was that was terrible wording choice on, on my part. Yes, a trumpet, angels with trumpets. So, so what are they blowing their trumpet about? Yeah. Uh, what? Why are we? Why do we have these stars hanging up? Absolutely. Uh, what was what the Christmas tree all about? Whether or not that's a, a pagan idea, we can. That's another podcast for another day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but there are there are emblems. Alert, it probably is, but we baptize it. So. Yeah, yeah. There are there are emblems and symbols all around us yeah. that can aid in our evangelism, and it's just a, a perfect time to be able to talk about those things. Uh, another point that I want to make about Christmas time is that for many people, it is a time of darkness. Yeah. It's a time of sadness almost mm-hmm. because of maybe lost loved ones uh, and these holidays just remind them of certain aspects yeah, of their life it sometimes right and so we can enter into their grief with them right and offer this hope that that only Jesus can bring the comfort that only the Holy Spirit can bring right so yeah. that's those are just some ideas of why this is such a great time to to begin sharing our faith absolutely and and I think you know you couple that with there's a general sense of of generosity and care that comes in with this season and so it's a perfect time for us as believers 
let's do that. Let's go over and above. Let you know, leave a gift for the garbage guy. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, perhaps that will open up a door, or you know, the the person that's uh, serving you and you're you know ten in line at the retail space that you're picking up, and you know that you can tell they're harried and just you know, and you have an opportunity to speak a word of hope to them. You know, we're an attaboy. Hey, thanks for what you're doing. Instead of being one of the people that's creating the problems for you. Yeah. Um, just taking. What are some ways that I can take advantage of the moment to present? A little bit about who Jesus is, and perhaps to crack open the door for further conversation about that with somebody. Again, this goes back to the intentionality side, and uh, the, these marry real nicely for us right now because mm-hmm. if we're going to celebrate Advent and not get to Christmas and Christmas Eve, we turn off all the Christmas music because we're on the New Year's and whatever else is yep. down the pike. Yep. But if we're going to celebrate Advent and we're going to wait and then and, and, and anticipate the coming and then celebrate the coming. Mm-hmm. And I think by celebrating Christmas tide, twelve days following Christmas up until Epiphany, I think that's a great opportunity because everybody else is dead tired. They're ready to get all the decorations, up. and they're going to say, "Why in the world are you still celebrate? Why are you singing Christmas carols the week after Christmas?" Well, because we got something to celebrate. Yep. Let me tell you about it. Uh, I'm giving you a gift on January third. Why am I giving you a gift on January third? Because God has given us a gift, and I want to share that joy with you yeah. in the aftermath of that gift. So I, I, I think there's some intentionality that helps us to do the evangelism side just by virtue of how we celebrate it. And this goes back to the discussion that you and I were having, I believe it was yesterday, just us being weird people. Yep. Like Christmas is a weird holiday. We really believe that God became a human. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's mind-blowing, and it's scandalous and just wrong to so many people. And for us to truly celebrate Christmas and not just be entirely caught up in only the consumeristic ideas of, of Christmas, which, again— we need to buy presents. We we need to hang the lights. Sure. We need to bake the candy. We need to do all the the fun Christmas stuff. But everybody does those things. Yeah. Why it, do we do them differently? Jesus would say, even the Gentiles do those things. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Uh, and so, what are some things that we can do as Christians that set us apart and emphasize and magnify the importance and the just scandal of Christmas. Yeah. And the difference of Christmas, I think. You know, yeah. as I was trying to help us get our heads around on uh, during the sermon on Sunday, is that we have so bought into this that it's this consumer side and that we're going to, you know, Christmas decorations come down the day after Christmas and, you know, we're on to whatever else because we're through with that. No, we should just be beginning that. And this this gets back to this idea of Christian year, of, of how do we look at this? Because from that point forward, after... Uh, after Christmas, after that day, we're, we're beginning already at that point in our year to turn towards Easter and the cross. Yeah, That's the next big event. We can't have Easter if he didn't come. This right. is why we're celebrating this. Okay, And so to kind of keep that in view, that's, a, that's an odd juxtaposition sometimes for us to think about. But to, the, to, the, to your question, what are some things we can do? I, I think by changing how we celebrate a little bit, 
let's put up instead of putting everything up today let's let's kind of stretch this out i mentioned uh that Felix and Christina down at uh, the uh, Mexican place here in town, they've got their nativity out, but baby Jesus isn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why is that? Because he hasn't come yet. That's I good. didn't ask him about that, but I, I, I saw it and I recognized that. How do we do that? Can we do that? You know, One of the practices that we've implemented here at our church with the display of the nativity that we have in the sanctuary is the wise men travel yeah. from the back of the sanctuary to the front of the sanctuary over a six-week period, basically, until Epiphany uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, because that's traditionally when they arrive, that it's it's not all just this one thing, boom, psh, done. Yeah. You know? And by doing that, by stretching, it, it is weird. People are like, we're done. Why are, why are you still, why do you still have lights up? You know, and of course, there are rednecks in Alabama that keep lights up year-round. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, why Why are you doing that? Why are you having a, a Christmas feast the week after Christmas? Why are you singing Christmas? You know, any of those kinds of things. Why are you sending a Christmas card the first week of January? Well, because Christ has come. He's come, yeah. And it, it, it that weirdness, that difference, it's not that we, you know, it, it just, it, I think it highlights that and, and gives a, Certainly. another moment to say there's something different about this. Yes. Well, John, we're about at time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're at 23 this minutes so right fast. Now. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, last thoughts. Last Anything thoughts. else you got? Celebrate Advent. I, I want to encourage you, and, and it's going to be a process. As I shared Sunday, I, I'm late to the Advent game uh, in my own life, but as I'm coming more and more uh, to understand, I see the beauty of it. And I, I just want to encourage you. Take one small step towards that, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you this year. Take one small step and and begin to, to experience the time of waiting. Enter into that so that you can really experience the joy of His coming. And then find ways to intentionally share some of that with someone else. So good. I'm looking forward to all of this. Man, it's going to be fun. It I, is. I'm, I, and so thankful for many of, of you who are already on board with all this and been hearing about your advent with your families and other things. And I'm just uh, excited to see what all comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it will enhance our Christmas time together. I think so as well. And, and we would love to hear your stories about that. It, and, and again, yeah, yeah. let me just say thank you for your engagement with the podcast. We're getting incredible uh, uh, feedback from that. And so and we're really grateful for that, that this has been uh, something that is meeting a need in your lives. But uh, we would love to hear how you are celebrating Advent. What are you doing? What are, are, are good things that are, are there? I, I've had one or two church members share some things that they're doing uh, with their families. And I'm so appreciative of that because we would like to begin to develop some resources uh, mm-hmm. for next year. That's right. Uh, looking towards this. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, thankful for Pastor John and his leadership and all this. And uh, just subscribe to the podcast, yep. like it, comment on it, share it, and keep listening. That's right. Because we're having a blast. And send your short jokes to Josh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will probably get about 30 of them this next week. So. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks.